guest this week is from if you listen to the show and you listen to any interviews, it means you like the type of music that uh, that we typically uh, bring up and cover on the show. And this is no exception. Uh, you know her from the Rocking Horse winner and her latest project, a, a, a literal super group, the Darling Fire. Jolie Lindholm, welcome to Why Do We Ever Meet? Thank you again for having me. Of course, of course. So, um, so before we get started, before we get too far into it, uh, the Darling Fire is like when you look at the bands that you all came from, mm-hmm. the mu- the music literally encapsulates all of your collected history, if cool, that makes cool. sense. And I yeah. like. But it, but then it becomes it's it's also it's it's its own entity and it's all so good it's so succinct oh, thank you. and and good it just all oh, the songs are good but we'll we'll get into that so thank you <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so where does how do you get involved in music and playing in bands like I I know we all kind of we discover some sort of punk rock record or a hardcore record that sort of tips the scale, but I mean, you, and, and being from Florida, you've had some really good scenes around you. So where, like, what's the kicking off point for you? Um, so I'm actually moved to Florida from New York. Okay. So I kind of was around that, um, New York hardcore and punk scene a little bit Okay. um, in the early to mid nineties. And then continuing on after that a little bit here and there. But, um, when I moved here, obviously like not immediately, but at some point the scene here became like a a thing. And, Mm -hmm. um, I became friends with people that were making music and I never like intended to be part of a band or anything like that. It just kind of (laughs) happened that way. Um, (laughs) so, I mean, I always loved to sing and I loved music, but I never, it never crossed my mind to actually like do it with a band, you know? So, um, yeah. So basically, I mean, uh, like I met Chris Caraba in school in college. And then, um, at some point, and I I can't remember the exact timeline, but at some point he asked me or they, at his band, the vacant Andes asked me to, um, sing back up on a cover song they did Mm -hmm. at the time. And, um, and that's like what started everything basically. Gotcha. What was the cover? Uh, and she was by the talking heads. Ah, that's fun. Okay. That's <laughs> yeah, a cool cover. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so at the time, like we, uh, I still remember like it was yesterday recording that part, um, actually in James Wisner's apartment, um, that he had in Davie, Florida and uh, which is like in Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. Right to on. Do that. Okay. So, so going back, you said, you know, you started out in New York and that hardcore and punk scene, what bands were going on around you as you were, as you were getting into that? Um, the New York scene, uh, was like, I mean, I remember shows, I don't know necessarily like bands that were in mm-hmm. the New York scene at that time, but like Glassjaw, for example, sure. um, uh, from autumn to ashes, Mm-hmm. Um, the singer Ben is, is one of my friends actually from high school. Oh, okay, um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and we still keep in touch here and there and, um, yeah, it was just like, I was kind of around that. I would go to shows with my friend at the time and, um, and, uh, like then I would come back to Florida and there would be the scene going on here as well. So it was like two really cool scenes going on at the same time, I guess yeah. you could say. You were yeah. you were literally at the time getting kind of the best of of uh, two different worlds there because there was yeah. so much happening in Florida at the time and and if yeah. you, I mean and thinking about it too like there's always kind of been some you know some semblance of a scene down there but I, I, that that was like a the that nineties late nineties early two thousands Florida was I mean just there were just bands just pouring out of there that were and they were all good somehow yeah totally. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were all kind of friends at the time, and and it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that's exciting, yeah. and, and like just and so you you play with Vacant Andes, and I do think a lot. I think a lot of people from that era and thinking of that that scene, I I kind of think of the Rocking Horse winner in tandem with Dashboard Confessional, 
with, uh, I think, I also think of the get up kids and the anniversary, like mm-hmm. this is all kind of, it all kind of existed in this, this space together. And it all sort of made sense together. Yeah. If that makes yeah, sense, yeah. They, they, mm-hmm. not all the same scene, but all definitely all made sense together. So going from singing on a cover <laughs> with your buddies <laughs> to, yeah. to fronting bands, how does that, like, how do you get convinced or was that performing that with them enough to go, yeah, I could do this. I could, I could front a band. Yeah. I mean, um, like occasionally I would perform that song with them, the cover song. And it was like, it was still not a thought to like front a band. Um, but basically like the guys in rocking horse before it was named rocking horse, they had kind of a thing going already. Um, it was the guys from as friends rust, actually the original, um, lineup uh so they had already started something and they wanted to have a female singer and they had heard my um the the demo of that song actually or something i believe Mm -hmm. and um they heard something of my singing and they decided to have me try out uh for rocking horse so that was and that's what we came rocking horse winner it was like the first song was um let me see can't remember the name right now Uh uh-oh um <laughs> but uh it was on the first album okay i'm going to spotify while you're thinking oh about it we'll try and uh, we're, yeah. we're gonna figure this out we're gonna figure this out yeah. uh let's see here you said it's on the first record oh, elementary elementary Element- elementary course. okay yeah right there yeah. yeah all right so that was the song they gave me the lyrics and they were like here's kind of the melody and i tried out with them and in, in a bedroom and it was and that's what led to the band basically <laughs> what is, so I had never done that before. It was the first time doing <laughs> that, that. That's a lot, and and you're playing yeah. with you're playing with people from As Friends Rust, which at the yeah. time I mean, that's, that's a big deal. I mean, they which were, honestly I didn't even it didn't even occur to me that either. Like I don't even think I knew yeah. about because As Friends Rust I think was before um, I became friends with those guys at all oh. or even met them. So it was like I didn't even realize that at the time. I don't think. Yeah. So you're around that scene though. I mean, you're, you're yeah. obviously a yeah. part of it because they're, they're coming yeah, totally. to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 At, at that time, who, just to kind of give people listening some context, what bands are, are, are playing around? Like what is, who's in that scene at that point in time in Florida? Sure. It was like, um, Shai Halud mm-hmm. and, um, uh, Newfound Glory even was, you know, at that time, um, I just told the story. Actually, I, I remember Newfound Glory played like a some kind of like coffee or donut shop at one point. It was so fun, like just weird, you know, to think about that now. But yeah, um, <laughs> and Shai Halud, like um, I think my boyfriend at the time worked with um, one of the guys in Shai Halud. And that's how we met Steve. You know, that's how I met yeah. Steve the first time. Um, and it was, yeah. And like uh, Oliver from Shai Halud at the time, he was in our band. Okay. Uh, in Rocking Horse for a period of time. Um, so it was like just this kind of like like collective scene, even though the music was all kind of different. It was like similar. Yeah. yeah. And it all worked together, you know. Yeah. So um that makes sense. Yeah. There was uh there's also like at, at this point too, like were you familiar with with uh like some of those some of the guys you play with like like with strong arm. Yeah. Further, like further seems forever. Like I'm sure that was all stuff that everybody yes, was. And that with. started as well. Yeah. Yeah. And dashboard was going on. Dashboard was going on at the time and, okay. and then further as well. And yeah. So all of that kind of like melts together for me as far as like the timeline, but yeah. it was all yeah. going on, you know, were you, yeah. were you a musical kid? Were you, were you the type of kid that was involved in music in school and, and it, more, the more formal side um, of it, I guess. Yeah. I was in a way, but I tried to like skip things, skip steps and it, and I didn't get to where I wanted to. And so it's like, I didn't really pursue it, but I would go home and listen to music. My parents w- would play music in the house all the time. Like the Beatles, yeah. uh, Led Zeppelin, like all, you know, and then I remember like my mom was actually the one who bought like the first Nirvana album for us and stuff like that. So like, um, she was listening to, my parents were listening to rock all the time, like seventies yeah. rock. Yep. Um, so I was around all that bad company, you know, I was around yep. all of that. Yep. I, I <laughs> so grew I, up the same yeah. way. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I totally listen to, and that's probably where I get some of my melodic sensibilities from all different music like that. And, um, so it was like, I was always around music. And as far as like myself, I wasn't, when I was in school, I didn't like, I wanted to join this group called the quarter tones. And I was told no, because I wasn't in chorus. So I was trying to skip and I tried out and I would have gotten in, but they wouldn't let me in because I wasn't in chorus. Um, and that was like the focused, you know, the cool kids sing, yeah. singing group, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the one so, you wanted um, to be in basically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I mean, I did always sing, um, okay. by myself and whatever and sing along to things. And, but I never, I didn't do anything musically as a kid, except maybe play the flute for like a year or something. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. So, so you'd mentioned Nirvana. So I'm assuming like you're, I think we're close in age. So you're probably like, was that sort of an entry point for you? Like a lot of people in our generation, like Nirvana, REM, those sort of bands. Yeah, I think, I think so. Siamese dream, you know, Smash Pumpkins. Like, yeah, that's still one of my favorite albums to this day. Um, so yeah, all that stuff, like even Pearl Jam, you know, all those bands were like around that time. And yeah. And, uh, I was told and stone table pilots and, you know, yep. 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 Lemonheads, (laughs) dinosaur junior. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, it's funny. Some of those bands like that we're mentioning, like, like REM and Lemonheads, Mm -hmm. Nirvana, like that's, I still go back to that Siamese dream. I just listened to that record not long ago and it's still, yeah, I still love it. It yeah. still kicks ass. It's such yeah, a good it does. record. It does. I mean, I think some people are like polarized on that on that one because of his vocal. Like some people yeah. don't like it, but yeah. um, like my friend, my best friend at the time, she didn't like the band, and I loved it. I mean, that's still one of my favorite albums, actually. <laughs> yeah, and I I don't think so. they get enough credit for like. I mean, they're influential, but I don't think people realize just how influential, like the different touch points and different genres. Yeah. The smashing pumpkins. Yeah, the fuzzy. Yeah. 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 The fuzzy guitars. And yeah, totally. But it's also heavy and. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Melodic. Yeah. I mean, and I think a part of it too is Billy Corgan kind of becomes a. a, Like he becomes more of a personality unless. Yeah. Like a caricature a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You cease to be yourself and you're the, you're the media version of yourself. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I think like that seems to be a running theme here as I, with different musicians I've interviewed is there's kind of similar entry points for everybody. uh, And it, it inevitably leads to the discovery of punk and hardcore. Like I think, I think, I think more oftentimes than not, that is just a natural en route is I, I listened to REM and yeah, for some reason that leads you into finding minor threat and Fugazi. I don't understand it, yeah. but it works, you know? Yeah, totally. And also I was hanging out with like the skater guys, you know, and sure. like, um, in New York. And also when I moved here to Florida, like I was hanging out with skaters and they were listening to that stuff and they were watching like skate videos with that music in it. And yeah. that's like, kind of like probably what, led me to that as well yeah Yeah. so you so you were hearing probably like the skate punk stuff too in addition to yeah totally yeah all that epitaph and fat records stuff exactly yeah Yeah. totally so jumping ahead again then back to rocking horse winter uh yeah my first memory of of hearing y'all was on i want to say on a comp Uh, i think okay Maybe an equal vision comp. Does that sound right? It's probably the one I had, the sampler that we still have a copy of, actually. No it's orange. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I remember uh, it coming up amongst my group of friends that, uh-huh. uh, and w- was it Miss You? Was that the track that was on? Could be. Could be. Yeah. Might That's the been. one that we made a video for. So it's probably yeah. that one. Yep. Uh, I remember hearing it and I remember everybody collectively being like, well, that band's going to be huge. Like that was, that that was, (laughs) that was kind of the, the gut reaction was like, they're going to blow up. There was, there's, I, I, as I know that rocking horse winter is often considered a part of the scene that, that indie emo post hardcore scene. I think I, I've always thought of your band as just like a genuine, 
like alternative rock band that like has all of every all the proper pieces to be like a big deal like those cool. songs cool. are the you you put those songs on the radio at that time and and they are they're as good and better in a lot of instances than some of your your peers were and it, cool. it thank you that means yeah a lot. yeah no i still like the i still like the <laughs> records a lot uh what what are when you think back on that time like did as you're playing and you're picking up steam do you feel a sense of camaraderie or did was there a certain point at a certain point did your did the band feel like we're a little different than everybody we're not we're not super heavy we're not yeah too i don't want to say like pop is a great thing but like yeah it's pop yeah uh yeah did did you guys feel a part of it all or did you feel like we're a little different than everything um no i think we've still felt a part of it because you can hear some of the influences you know Mm -hmm. um but uh what was strange was that we were like playing with a lot of heavy bands so there yes. were softer bands around, but we were playing, I guess because of the EVR, you know, yeah. um, we were playing with a lot of heavy bands and it was like always strange. Like, you know, when we played with Coheed, yep. we played with um, Converge at CMJ that we mm-hmm. did a um, an EVR showcase and we were playing with a lot of heavy, heavy music. Yeah. So it was like, it felt weird to do that, but um then you know but then we also like went out with one line drawing mm-hmm. and um at the time and that was a lot of fun and that was more like closer yeah in style you know um so i mean yeah it felt weird sometimes like as far as like people didn't know what to do with us i guess sure in a way like sense. it felt yep. like that yeah it yep. felt like that a little bit yeah um so but it's still but it didn't feel like we don't belong here we need to you know do something right. else it was never like that and I do think at that time, and you know, if, if that wasn't the case for you guys, please yeah, chime no, in. Yeah. I feel like at that time it was still we were still at the point where you were getting mixed bills, where you could you could have a band like the Rocking yeah. Horse Winner play with play with a Converge, also play with a, a, a you know a band like Garrison, also yeah. play with Less Than Jake, and for some reason all of that shit made sense. Yeah. And I think a few, I think you guys were still in that era before it got yeah. to like four bands all look and sound exactly the same. I, yes. I think, I think you sort of predate that a bit. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, as, um, as Steve calls it, our drummer, he calls it a variety show. And like, we had that back then it was like, it didn't matter. Nobody, people would still listen to it. They weren't yeah. like, Oh, I'm not here for that band. I'm going to go because this is too soft or, or vice versa. It wasn't like, they would just like tune you out because it wasn't exactly like the band they came to see initially. Yeah. People were more, I guess more like broad and even though I think people are still broad in their listening, you know, um, in what they like to listen to. But, um, I think back then they were like more, they were used to that, you know, going to a show and it was like, what am I going to get? This is kind of exciting, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like punk, you know, hardcore, uh, screaming, you know, screamo, I guess it was, yeah. you know, then it was like more pop stuff, like what we were doing the second album yeah, and, you know, and then acoustic and it all worked. It did. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. if you, if, if we consider the fact that dashboard conventional went on tour with H2O and, yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, <laughs> and, and I, at the time, I'm pretty sure it was just him. It wasn't yeah. a full band. So, I mean, it's, those yeah. are, those are the yeah. moments. And I think it's getting oh. back to that though. Like I've, yeah, you know, going, going to shows with my, I have a teenage son and, you know, uh-huh. going to shows with him, it's, we went, we went saw turnstile uh, a few months ago and uh-huh. it was a five band bill and nobody, you know, like you had turnstile ceremony, citizen, truth cults, and somebody else. And it was yeah. all extremely varied. There was nothing, yeah. not one band sounding like the other. Yeah. I think we've kind of gotten cool. back to that a little bit. Yeah. Well, we just experienced that ourselves, actually. <laughs> yeah, we just did. We just did a run with Anthony Green and with right. a work wife, which was they were both solo acts. And before we left, we were like, "How is this going to be? It's going to be a little weird. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Can people accept it? You know, because they might be like, oh, I, I got to go. This is way too loud for me.' <laughs> and uh, but no, they stayed, and they were like, they they loved it. You know, apparently, I mean. And uh, we got some good feedback, even though we weren't sure, you know, we were like, what's going to happen? But it was fun. It was fun to do that. You know, it's like 
a, a solo act then we played and and then anthony green played and everybody was able to like they're like okay now i can relax <laughs> when yeah. he came on you know now i can enjoy this and <laughs> you know get a little aggression and then relax but you know it's it still works it works i was amazed to look at that when i, I saw the stuff yeah. popping up online I was I was looking at it thinking of the logistics of like who's going on yeah. first and who's going on last. And yeah. the, yeah. the thing I didn't assume was that you guys would be in the middle. I thought you would either yeah. start the show or close yeah. the show, but you were in the middle yeah. of the bill. Yeah. That's yeah. Wild. And it worked. I don't know. I mean, people told us they liked it. You know, we were unsure, but it was it was really fun. Yeah. It was fun. It's and and you guys aren't, I mean you got a wall of guitars that's i mean yeah we were told we're even heavier live so really imagine okay imagine imagine that at the at an an acoustic show otherwise you know but it was it was cool you know because work wife has some distortion in there and sure and anthony has anthony has you know the emotion that he gives off and his music and yeah so it like it still works it's not like you know just like a quiet, you know, coffee shop or anything like that. Right. And then we're playing, you know, it wasn't right. like that at all. So, yeah. You guys were playing proper venues too, I'm assuming. Yeah. They were great venues. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, so uh, during, during the rocking horse winter, as things are picking up steam and uh, you're, you're, you're blogging time on the road, you're out there playing, promoting the records do you get a sense at any point, like, and I, I try to ask everybody this because I think a lot of times none of us, no one's necessarily cognizant of it. Like, am I aware that there's something uh-huh. big happening? No, you don't realize it till after the fact. But looking back, could you, do you feel like the entire band was like, something is happening here. Like the shows are getting bigger. The tour is getting better. Yeah, it did feel like that. Um Okay. But we were pressuring ourselves like to do something big. You know, we wanted it to be kind of um, a career, I think. Okay. Um, So like it was, there was like kind of this bubble of like pressure on ourselves Mm -hmm. to succeed. And so I don't think like at the time we were like, let's just enjoy this and like, you know, just see what happens, you know, instead it was more of like pressure to like do something and succeed. Yeah. Um, which is something that I've changed my mindset about over the years, but that's just, I think what was happening because we were young and it was like, things were happening, you know, clearly, I mean, we went from an independent label for our first album and recording, you know, things ourselves to being on EVR, right. Which was awesome. You know? Yeah. Um, but we just didn't like take the time to just like enjoy, you know, you're so we get to be in this city today. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. You're, you're consumed so, with that's unfortunate. how do we have, how we, we got to do this. And then we, yeah, I totally yeah. understand. Yeah. It was like so busy and it's like, this is happening and we're doing this and now we got to do this. And there's like, there wasn't really time to like stop and like, enjoy like, Oh wow. We're in California today. I wouldn't be yeah. here if not for the band. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah. so, you know, it comes with and age. That's, again, that comes with, it does. It yeah. Does. yeah. <laughs> you, you learn over time, like, man, I really should have enjoyed that more because yes. all I have are pictures to show me I did some cool shit. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who were, who were some of like, what were the bigger tours like that you were on? Who were you on um, with? Yeah. So we went on tour with, uh, Coheed and Cambria. We mm-hmm. went with one line drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, we did do a run with, um, further scenes forever dashboard and us at one point, which was a okay. lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, because we were all friends at the time. Yeah. Um, and that was cool. Yeah. So, so, and that was when uh dashboard was like, you know, doing really well and yeah. further. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was real, you know, for us because we were still kind of like, getting our, you know, finding our way a little bit. Yeah. 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 Are, are you, um, are you still there? Yeah, yeah. I'm here. I'm here. All right. Good. Uh, for some reason it, uh, it moved on me here. We're good. Um, okay, good. I can still hear you. Are, are you, uh, are, are you the type of person that has a regiment and routine when you're, uh, when you're playing music or when you're out on the road like that? Is it a, 
or were you at the time where you're just like, I'm young and I'm playing and things are, things are moving or, or, or yeah, yeah, I, well, I think like it was tough because we were sleeping on floors still and things like that. And, um, (laughs) and we were in a van and we had some really interesting, uh, situations happen on tour. Um, but, uh, I mean, for even then, I was like, I need to get sleep and I can't fuck around basically. Like I need to get sleep because if I don't get sleep, I can't sing. My voice is going to sing. So I had to get sleep. I didn't, you know, drink too much or do anything like, you know, because I knew that I had to wake up and go to another show the next day, you know? So, um, if there were moments for that to, to mess around and, you know, then, then we would, but for the most part, like even then I was like, I need to just, I need to make sure that I get some sleep. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You had, you got to, so, yeah. you, you were at least aware enough to say, I have to take care of my voice. I have to protect all yeah. of this. And that's good. good yeah. For you. Yeah. A little bit. Like I'm sure there were times where I was just young and stupid too, you know, but for the most yeah. part, I tried to like take care of myself because if you get sick, you're canceling shows, you know, yep. <laughs> it's not, yeah. good, not good. No. So. And, and, and also like at that point you're cutting into your income, you're, you know, like yeah. there's, and it's hard enough. To be you're honest. stranded basically. Yeah. 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 And, and the technology has drastically changed touring. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, you know, you're, you're True. in a, you're in a situation where at the time you, you guys weren't just whipping laptops out and, yeah. you know, yeah. you, you know, like you yeah. weren't using yeah. Google maps. It's a, it was just a different time to be doing that. I'm still, I still oh, yeah. think in talking to people I've talked to that even like people touring in the nineties, hearing those stories, I'm like, man, it I, <laughs> nothing like it yeah. is now. No, it's like, I remember the first time when we actually brought a phone, a cell phone on tour. Yeah. It was like a Nokia or something. Okay. And I remember we used to have to print out, or I think we even used just like a, a map book to tour. Like we didn't have, you didn't have like, maybe there was map quest at one point, but um, it wasn't like, I'm just going to, you know, go on Apple maps and find my way. No, we didn't have that. Not not (laughs) available. (laughs) There was a navigator and a driver and that was, and so one person had to be cohesive and (laughs) coherent enough. I mean, uh, to drive, to navigate. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So, so when, at what point, uh, at what point in, do you, does rocking horse when when did rocking horse split um we split immediately after uh south by southwest that we okay. played okay um which i think it was 2003 maybe okay i think, I think and, it was so it wasn't long after the album you know i mean i think it was yeah i think i'm pretty sure it was 2003 okay and that's at, at that point in time, are it like touring is hard. You're doing a lot. <laughs> you're putting records yeah. out. You're grinding away. Yeah. Do you is do you take a moment for yourselves and say, I need to not play music for a little bit, and <laughs> just... after you mean after yes, yeah. Rocking Horse broke yeah. up. Um, my husband Geronimo, the guitar player in Darling Farn, who's also the bassist in. Uh, rocking horse yeah um he sold all of his bass equipment wow yeah he sold it immediately he was like i'm done okay. we had we just we had a, a particularly bad tour i think a few things happened like um and at the end of it um the axle on the van broke and we basically uh-huh. like somehow made it to a gas station and had to pay to have that repaired and wait for that and that was the last show that's we were in awful. Florida somewhere, I think. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's horrible. So it was like, you know what? Fuck this. We're done. We're yeah. done with this. Yep. And that's basically what happened. And then we, you know, we had already, we wanted to fulfill an obligation, which was to play South by Southwest for, for EVR. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, reluctantly played that. And, you know, unfortunately it showed, I'm sure the audience okay. noticed because, you know, I read a review later on that, like they noticed that we weren't getting along or whatever. We were just exhausted and like over it, you know? Right. Um, but after that, then Geronimo sold everything and oh, I wow. took a break for a little while. I mean, I started doing other things at some point, but it wasn't like immediate, you know? Yeah. 
And I, and I think just that the the stress, the pressure, the and like you'd said yeah. earlier too, you, you guys were making an a, a concerted effort to like at the time you felt like you were making concerted effort to hit certain goals, yeah, and attain yeah. certain things, and yeah. had that that's pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it was self imposed. A lot of it, you know. Yeah. And um, and I think just like you know, touring is difficult and like lack of yeah. sleep and all those things. And we were young, yeah, and stupid. So it's like if we had held out and lasted, you know, who knows what could have happened. But um, things just happen the way they do, you know. They do. So yeah, and and <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, you've you've already, I mean, based on things you've said too, like there, there's. You learned. You've yeah, you learned now. Totally. Like, you're enjoying the moment you're in right now with yes, with, uh, with the Darling Fire. Um, yeah. So, what is what after Rocking Horse Winter? You take a little time, but when? Do, how does the Darling Fire come to be? Because there's a, that's a quite a few years between those two bands. Not saying that you weren't yeah. doing other things, but like you said. Geronimo sold all of his stuff. And I yeah. I know people that did the same that were like, nope, I'm done. I don't, this is a nightmare for me. I don't want to do this. Yeah. And we all come back to it, but. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I mean, so basically like I decided that I didn't want to have to rely on other people to write music for me to sing over. So I wanted yep. to learn. Yep. So I, I started learning guitar. Yeah. Um, actually from our current uh, second guitar player, I started learning guitar. And when he, he would come to the house, I would cook him dinner and he would teach me guitar. And it was a, it was a nice arrangement. Um, yeah. and while he was here, Geronimo saw me learning. He was like, well, I want to do that again <laughs> because he actually played guitar before he played bass for a little okay. bit. So, um, so but there was, was a need for a bass player. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he played a little bit when he was, you know, younger. So he was like, well, I want to do that. So, um, we just, that's how it started. So I was, he started writing and we started writing together and we were, that was the first time that he and I ever wrote together. Okay. Just the two of us. And that's and, how that started. Yeah. And this, this starts to then spur that on. Uh, yeah. We're yeah, gonna, that's how it started. Yeah. So it, it, it starts with the two of you writing this. Yes. When, when does it become layering in other people? When, how, how does it, how does that start to piece together for you guys? Yeah. So we wrote, we went through some difficult things and then that's what kind of sparked. We were like, what are we doing? Let's just write, let's do this, you know? Yeah. Um, so we started writing music and it was probably influenced by the things we were going through, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, then I think we had like a few songs and we picked one and we were like, well, let's, let's try to like make a band, you know? So we played it for a guitar player at the time and got him involved. And then we also sent it to Steve Kleiseth. We were like, who's yeah. the drummer that we could like, I think we even, we reached out to the drummer of Rocking Horse at one point okay. um, as well, just to tell him that we were working on something. Would he be interested? Yeah. Um, and he didn't seem to be in a, in a place where he would be interested in doing that, like mm -hmm. as an actual thing. Yeah. Um, so we sent it to Steve and we were like, you know, nervously awaiting his response. <laughs> and finally he got back to us and he was like, and it was Omaha that we sent him from the first album. And he was okay. like, you know, I, I think you guys really have something here. I'm, I'm interested. Like, what do you want? Do you want me to just like do this, like record with you guys? Or do you want right. to, are you thinking of doing this like f as a band, like full time? And we're like, no, we're, we want you to be in the band. So that's how that started. So okay. basically then it just went from there. I mean, there are a lot of songs that we wrote in between that didn't make it, you know, they're on the cutting room floor. <laughs> right, right. But uh, that's how that started, basically. What was he doing at the time, Steve? Um, he had done further again. Um, okay. But it had been a little while since they did anything, like right. writing or anything. Yep. So he was kind of maybe in a lull at the time somewhat. Okay. Um. So you caught so, him at the right time. Is, is I guess we did. did. Yeah, yeah, I guess we did. Uh, and, <laughs> and we had and, know, both known him for a long time. So Okay. You know, yeah. So he, I mean, that's quite a history he has, you know? Absolutely. Like, yeah, like, I absolutely. Mean, that, He's been he he's played drums on some some really good fucking records. So yeah. like it's yeah. a good it's a good friend to have <laughs> to call. Absolutely. Hey, yeah. Man. Absolutely. <laughs> um yeah, I mean we were like we wanted somebody who was heavier, you know, into yeah. heavier music, right music style. 
um, is that's what we intended, um, from the beginning. So, but yeah, of course it's one of those like semi naive things. We're just like, Hey, let's just get Steve class up. He's yeah. our friend. Let's see if he <laughs> wants to play. And everybody, of course, is like, it's fucking Steve Glass. You're right. How did you get him? And we're like, because we know, because we know him. Because he's our buddy. And we just we took a chance, you know. Right. He right. could have just as easily said no, you know. Right. <laughs> what what so it, it, talking, you mentioned the sound and you were going for a heavier sound. And it comes yeah. through. Like if you compare, like, yeah. and looking at <laughs> the rocking horse winner in comparison to mm-hmm. the Darling Fire, there's no comparing in terms of like there's a very clear heavy heavier Uh option what how did you go down that path was it it was intended to go down a heavier route uh what was what was kind of influencing the sound that the songs that you were writing at the time um well i think we were kind of writing like what we wanted to hear just something heavy with like a softer vocal um you know a lot I, i like I find like a lot of uh, female fronted bands are like, um, and it's totally cool what they do, you know, but yeah. it's just a little different than the style that I just naturally have, I guess. So yeah. like, they'll be like, you know, at 11 all the time on the vocal <laughs> and I don't, and that's not my style and mm-hmm. that's totally cool, you know, but a lot of like bands that are in that kind of vein of like heavier music tend to do that. Yeah. And so I think we were just kind of looking for something always that was like that contrast you know yes and that's just like what happens so like geronimo will write something and then he'll kind of visualize like a male vocal over it um based on something that he loves has always loved you know yeah. like quicksand or whatever and and then i'll sing over it and he'll be like well that's not what i thought was gonna be <laughs> Cause you're not Walter. So like, that's why. <laughs> exactly. So like, it'll change at that point, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like, and sometimes, and like, I guess because of my, the music that I listen to sometimes at times, like I will have this like pop sensibility that mm-hmm. I have to like hold tone down a little bit. So I've had to like, kind of like find my way also, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's how it kind of like, you know, came together. It's like, we wanted to do something heavy. We knew we wanted to do yeah. that. And then with like some female vocals that kind of fluctuate a little bit, but yeah. What were you listening to at the time that was inspiring and influencing the music that ended up on the records and, and, and such? Yeah. I mean, just listening to like, honestly, like listening to old stuff again, like not necessarily anything like current. Yep. Although there's stuff now that's current that I love, you know, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's just at the time we were kind of like just listening to like quicksand and stuff like that. And like, you know, I also, so I, I mean, I listened to a lot of punk when I was younger and Mm -hmm. like rancid and stuff like the first rancid album I loved. And um, the first cave in album I was listening to even while we were, rocking horse i was listening to that like aggressive stuff yeah and so like those kind of influence influences still like stuck with us you know yeah and there's a uh, there's there's an element in the darling fires music that they definitely like i I think that the generic way of describing it would be post-hardcore because that is the sound but there is you have a bit of the kind of there's a little bit of that kind of american doom sound that okay, a little cool. more modern but then you also cool. have kind of that heavier shoegaze vibe in there as well but cool. then there's also there is like you have good choruses and, and hooks that <laughs> cool. kind of differentiate you know what your sound to you know if if i'm going to look at compare you know that the darling fires music to you know any shoegaze band or whatever the difference to me would be choruses and hooks because there there's yeah. definitely concer- there's almost a concerted effort to make sure that there's something for a listener to grab onto in your songs. Yeah, I guess that's probably my like pop sensibility coming through, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like because the music that I listened to when I was younger, like I said, like um the 70s rock or like the Beatles or whatever, they always had right. choruses and it's like something that you like that you would get stuck in your head, you know? Yes. And it's like yeah. And that's like what just happens, I guess. It yeah. feels weird to me when I don't have like a chorus <laughs> to to kind of grab onto, you know. So because it's I weird, I listen to things that don't. 
Yeah. And that's what's weird about like, that's what's weird about the first caveman album is like, it's kind of like the timing is weird on it, on all the songs and everything. But for some reason, like that didn't bother my brain. Like (laughs) some other things, like I, if I listen to it, I'm not like, it's not hooking me in. It's hard for me for some reason, my brain to like really fall in love with it, you know? Yes. But, um, so I guess that's just me like wanting to give people a course to get stuck in their head or something. (laughs) It, it, I, I think it's, I think it, there's a necessity to that because yeah. it gives the audience something to, to, you know, attach themselves to with the song. That's, that's cool. the bond you're trying to build. And, cool. uh, I, one thing I, I definitely wanted to know what I knew I, I wanted to ask was you've got all of these varied backgrounds that come together mm-hmm. in this band. When you all get together and start, fleshing this out is it apparent yeah. right away because you're all a little older you're yeah. you're you know you're you're, you're yeah. you've got the battle scars to to prove the time you put in do you walk do you come into a room and it starts to click click right away did it did it feel like yeah there's something here right away yeah so like um geronimo and i will write the songs in kind of a lab <laughs> Okay. And we'll have the other guitar player, uh, Mike, come over and, and add some of his leads and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then we'll give it to, um, sometimes we'll give it to Steve and Greg early to do bass and drums. Like they really click together. So, yeah. Um, you know, but like when we go to play it live, it's like so satisfying to hear them, you know, finally, because a lot of time because we don't have a drum set um, here and like, Steve is in a place where he can't really just like play the drums. He has to kind of like visualize it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so it's like, until we get to a practice room where we can all sit down, that's the first time that he'll try to explain to us what he's going to do, but not until he actually sits down behind the drum set, do we hear what's happening? And sometimes it will change parts a little bit here and there and, yeah. and give them a, a different dimension, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's totally like, so satisfying the first time that we play a, a new song all together. Yeah. And I'm sure and it clicks, you know, and I'm sure him setting down and like, there has to be moments where you guys all get together and he starts playing and you're all like, that's not what we thought this would be, but you've made yeah. it something even better. I, I think that's the, yeah. the benefit of such a seasoned drummer like that too. Yeah, totally. And he adds these little nuances and things that are really cool. There are yeah. parts he'll do. And I'll be like, yes, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. You know, like, so totally. And same with Greg, our bass player, he's, he's, um, equally seasoned. I mean, he's been playing for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, Steve also. Yes. And yeah, like, I should have left him out. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's okay. Um, he'll add these little flourishes and we're like, that's, um, that's awesome. You know? Yeah. Um, so it totally adds, um, a different like element completely, you know, which is awesome to have that, you know, Right. You can trust them to just do whatever, you know, when, when you are, when you're a part of something that has like, I I do think it's better. And I think at the time I thought it was fine, but I can look back now and say it wasn't. Um, But to be in a world that has always been predominantly male driven in, in Mm -hmm. terms of that, these genres, yeah, Uh one perspective that we don't, I don't get enough on the show is what is that like from the female perspective? Like that, what is it? How is, is it an uphill battle? Or are you surrounded by people that are, are, are helping lift you up as, as they're going to like, they did, did it feel like an equal playing field or were you, did, were you, I'm sure there's plenty of times you're like oh, yeah. fucking idiots, but no, no, I, totally. I, it's fine. Um, no, I definitely think like it's, you know, a bit of a boys club, I guess, you know, especially yeah. in the music that we're playing now. Right. It's, it's like um, different, you know, like um, right. because once again, we're in this thing where people are probably like not sure exactly what to do with you. You could go with this band. You could go with this band over right. here. <laughs> you could go, you know, so it's like we're again in that like weird um, situation. But um, yeah. it's definitely like, you know, it's weird and um but I don't like, I'm not intimidated by it. I'm just like, fuck it. I want to do that. This is what I want to do, you know? Right. 
And uh, so I'm not like intimidated, like I shouldn't be doing this or I'm going to be kept down because I'm a female or anything right. like that. I don't get that like feeling. Although I do see people sometimes don't know what to do with us and they'll put us with like a bill of female fronted bands locally or something. Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah. does happen. <laughs> yeah. And we're trying to, there's nothing wrong with that, but it, it's also like, um, sometimes I feel like, but did you like really listen to what we're doing and does it really go? Or are you just right. putting us with them because of that? You know? Yeah. And that's fine. It's just, that's the way it is. You know, that's yeah. the way it is. And, yeah. um, and that's okay because there are plenty of awesome female fronted bands also that I'd love yeah. to play with, you know? Um, but there's definitely like, I'm sure there's like something I just don't really pay attention to it. <laughs> right. And you can, and you can very clearly tell when a show promoter has done, like you said, like, Oh, they got a female vocalist. These two bands in town have one as yeah. well. Well, yeah. that doesn't mean shit. <laughs> like, that doesn't, yeah. Yeah. like, does it work? Yeah. Does it work putting them together? Will it be a good yeah. show? Will, will a crowd come out? Like that's, that's ultimately yeah. the, yeah and it's okay i mean we're like we're still new so until yeah. we are not new you know just because we have out have another album out doesn't mean that we're not still new and like trying to you know uh find our place yes. so i don't expect people to like listen to everything and say oh okay i get it i'm gonna put you you know i don't expect that it's okay you know mm. but i do find that sometimes we might get lumped in with that just because of I'm, because I'm a female. <laughs> right, right. And that's uh, just the way it is, you know? Yes. Uh, now, in comparison to the time, like comparing mm-hmm. your, uh, comparing the Rocking Horse winner to now playing in the Darling yeah. Fire, it, do, can you step back and say it's significantly improved? This this scene has gotten better? People are, are, are treating things differently? Or do you come back and go, oh, that bullshit's still here? <laughs> No, actually, that's the irony is like, even though, you know, the way things are right now, politically and everything, um, (laughs) that's the irony. We were put with a lot of heavy male bands back then. Yeah. Like people didn't care. People didn't care that I was a female. And now it's like this, that seems to be happening more than it was then. So that's the irony. Yeah. (laughs) See, it's funny. I mean, it's, it's different, but a similar thing. I, and, uh, when I had Jonah on the show, he talked about far mm. being put on bills with corn and yeah, yeah. you know, that that's a situation yeah. where it's like, well, we have this new band and they're a rock yeah, band. Yeah. That doesn't mean that's the, yeah. <laughs> the well, right I, I heard, I think that that kind of thing was happening to the Deftones back then. Like they're, they yeah. were getting lumped with bands like corn and stuff like that. And they're like, no, our stuff has like a different background. You know, it's not that. Yes. So like, um, so that, yeah, I could see that happening too. <laughs> I, I figured something out the other day, totally off topic, but because you mentioned Deftones, I've never been a big Deftones yeah. guy. A ton of my friends love them. Okay. My son yeah. loves them. And I yeah. figured out the other day, I think when everybody was buying those early Deftones records is when I bought, like, when I, I discovered Water and Solutions by far. I'm yeah, pretty I mean, sure yeah, yeah. if I'm doing the math on it, mm-hmm. I bought that record. <laughs> And cool. I didn't buy yeah. the Deftones record. <laughs> and apparently that was yeah. my route was like, oh, I like this. I yeah. like the voice. And yeah, yeah. I, I, that's the only thing I could think of. Cause I, by all accounts, I should be a huge Deftones fan. And it just yeah. like, didn't do anything for me. And I think that's what it, it is. didn't like, resonate. Yeah. It didn't resonate. <laughs> my kid yeah. loves them. And yeah. uh, I like, I never worked for me, but I think now I, the other day I was listening to water and solutions and I was like, I think yeah. that was it. I think, I got into that and I didn't get into yeah. Deftones and yeah, yeah. you know, that yeah. informed it, but, um, totally. so, so was there any point, because I know you, you, you wanted to be self-sufficient in terms of songwriting. Was there mm-hmm. any point where you, um, how do I say this? Where you were like, I'm going to write, I want to play guitar on stage. I want to play. Uh, I like, these are my, these are my songs. Was that ever an intent to? Yeah. Like I wanted to write my own music to sing over. So I didn't have to wait for somebody else to write it for me. So I think at one point I did intend to like do that, you know? Um, but I didn't really think too far ahead because I knew it was going to take time for me to learn guitar, you know? And, um, so, and I did kind of like stop somewhat. I mean, I can still 
pick it up and like, you know, play a little bit, but I'm not like as my husband picked it up and he's been like nonstop for three years now at this point. <laughs> right. So he's way surpassed me now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and that's, you know, a shame maybe one day again, you know, but, yeah. um, just whatever is a necessity, you know, for me. And so like, I was just happy that I live with someone now that writes songs and I don't have to wait <laughs> because he's constantly producing music, you know? So, right. Right. So, um, and we work on it together, you know, sometimes I will like influence a, a lead or a chord or something here and there, Yeah, you know? So, um, so I still get to be involved and just not, you know, and if, if the time ever arises where, um, we need another guitar player, I might be, you know, I might do that. Sure. But, um, <laughs> that's exciting. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, so how does the, how does the iodine thing come into play? Yeah. So, um, we started writing our second album and we had some songs and we were like, not sure what to do with them. And, um, we, and basically like Casey had found us on social media and, yeah. um, and he started following rocking horse also, I think. And we looked at, you know, who he was and everything. And he was like in the scene, you know, yeah. um, that we kind of wanted to be involved in. And, um, and basically like, you know, Geronimo said to me, like, why don't we see if he wants to put it out? Like maybe he would be interested in, yeah. and, uh, we've, you know, fig- I think he explained or so- he said, like, uh, you know, he knew us from EVR days because I think he used to work with, or he used to, um, he was at the CMJ show that we played actually at CBD okay. EVR showcase. Um, so I, you know, I messaged him on Instagram or something and, um, I said, listen, we, you know, uh, we were in rocking horse and we we're doing this and, right. you know, would you be interested in releasing our next album? And he said, you know, I'm not really, believe it or not. He said, I'm not really interested in putting any new music bands out that are putting out new music. I'm mostly doing re-releases. <laughs> that changed. <laughs> so yeah, well, that's, that's how it sparked apparently. So yeah. he said, you know, because he still curses me for getting involved in <laughs> but basically that's how what happened so we hadn't even written the whole album and he we sent him some demos and he was like well actually you know i listened to it and i might actually be interested in putting this out even though it's like a new thing and i wasn't intending to do yeah. that um so that's that's how that happened and basically we just we had a conversation over like you know a year or so however long um and we wrote you know five of the songs recorded them yeah. Wrote the next came back and wrote the next five and then recorded those. So that's exciting. How, yeah. How's the, how's the reception been live uh, coming back out to, to crowds and, and a scene that's thriving again, punk and hardcore. Yeah. And uh, like everything is, is really in a good place right now. And I try not to say that too yeah. much because I don't want to jinx it, but uh, no, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What, how's the reception been? Has it been a, a good experience? Yeah, totally. I mean, um, especially because Florida is our home state and we've always had like a weird response here, even with rocking horse, it was always weird. It was like a thing that we always knew was weird about Florida. Um, as far as like, not, you know, just kind of like watching you play and not really getting involved, believe it or not, at least because we were local, you know? Right. Right. Um, so it was weird back then. And like, Um, and so like the, actually the Anthony green shows, the first show with him was only our third show back playing after two and a half years. Wow. And that was the first time we ever played. Yeah. So we were just thrown right into the fire. Um, (laughs) but it was our first time playing this album, you know, playing these songs. Um, and we had a lot of like moving parts that we added. So it was like, we played, you know, two shows the weekend before locally. Yeah. Tested everything out and we got an awesome response. We had so much fun. The crowd was great for both yeah. shows. And um, you know, and uh like I think in some cases they maybe they didn't come for us, but they they said they loved it, so great, you know. <laughs> and then uh and then like I said the third the first show with Anthony Green was only our first show back. Or I mean our the first show with Anthony Green was our third show back wow. after a long hiatus of not playing live because of how did, COVID. So how did you feel? 
Yeah, it was amazing. It was yeah. really fun. You know, I, I just feel really good about these songs. Like we, I feel like we've really, we took the time during, you know, the strange few years that we've had yes. <laughs> to really like hone what we were doing, you know, and focus yeah. on that and um, develop that. So it was like, just really fun to like finally like release these songs yeah. to the, to, pe- to listeners and see what they thought, you know, and especially because they haven't really heard most of the one, the songs that we were playing live. So, um, we've only released like three singles at this point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, um, so, uh, I, so with, with things start, I mean, you're in Florida, so you've got fest, uh, and then, you know, yeah. Furnace Fest is in Alabama, which is an obviously not close, but yeah, uh, yeah. like these, these sort of big moments like this are, are, these are probably great opportunities in terms of like, absolutely. Iodine's got a pretty strong presence at both. Yes. Um, and, and if, am mm-hmm. I right? Are you playing both? Are you playing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. We're playing I, both. Are those now for you, is that a good experience or are those ones that are like, it, it's a toss up because there's so many bands playing? No, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to both. Um, yeah. I mean, there are so many people there that like, you know, it's just, I think just there will be people watching us play. <laughs> Regardless. Yeah. 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 Regardless. And, and like, you know, we always appreciate even if one person comes to see us play. Yeah. Or if we make one new, if we, we gain one new listener, you right. know, it's right. always worth it. So, yeah. um, so no matter what happens, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to, it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Like we have other friends playing, yeah. bands, you know, so, um, it'll be really fun. I think. Yeah. I, fest looks pretty like, yeah, you got hot water and a veil and like all yeah, it, totally. that's, at any time, I mean, I feel like a veil or, or one of those bands that if a veil's playing, it's a big deal. Yeah. You know, like totally, totally. Like, <laughs> see, see those pictures of the, the hometown shows they just did, like yeah. so many people <laughs> there. Amazing. That. Yeah. Right? That's so yeah. cool. And totally. I think it's indicative of what's happening right now. And I can't think of a, a better situation for you guys than yeah. Furnace Fest and Fest, just in terms of like, new excited people that are excited to hear new bands they like or new bands. That's the best case scenario. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And uh, fest will be awesome because we're actually playing with label mates that we haven't met in person yet. So that'll be fun. Yeah. And, um, and it's, and again, it's like kind of an array of, of styles, but it goes together. So it's like the old days, you know, it's like, you know, so yeah, it should be fun. We've circled back 20 years. Yeah, I mean, we really have. It, it, we, we, we circled back to like, yeah, man, you throw them on the bill too. I, sure, I love it. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and seeing that too, like looking at the show, like the iodine, those showcases that, like you said, it is such a cool variety, but it all makes yeah. sense. He, Casey's yeah. done a great job of, you know, putting out bands, you know, re-releasing records, but also new music. You guys, Hey, thanks. Uh, yeah. that have a that are offering a different take on it but also still stay true to the to that entire totally. world and scene and yeah. i don't know it's it's exciting that i i i feel like hearing those new the three singles you guys have released i think cool. I'm, I'm i'm excited to hear the rest that cool. those tracks cool. are very yeah. good thank um, you thank you so wrapping up what where as much as you can, you know, when, when can people, what can you tell us about the new record? Like in terms of like release schedule and where can people find you guys online? I want to make, and we'll include all that in the bio. Sure. Um, so basically like we have, well, we actually are recording We're uh, we're going to be doing a video next week actually, or this week, the end okay. of the week. Um, we're going to be doing one, a video for one of the songs. Um, I don't want to give it away yet, but you'll see. Okay. And uh, the album comes out uh, September 16th, and we have a few, a couple more singles coming out before then. Okay. And um, and then you know, like as far as social media and things like that, like we have a we have our own YouTube, we have mm-hmm. Instagram, we have Twitter, we have Facebook, and I think we were we, you know, we put the bulk of everything on Instagram really. 
okay. uh, I would say. Yeah, I, I, so that's where like, that's where I found you guys was on Instagram. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, and we just keep you know we keep going. We have a couple of possibly we have some potential things happening next year as far as like touring goes. Okay, so hope, we're hoping those come together. That's exciting. Well, good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, new record, new record in September. Yeah. Uh, we got Furnace Fest Fest coming up. You guys are going to be very busy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jolie, I I really appreciate you coming on. I'm I uh, oh, so I'm glad we got to have you. And we'll I'll put you guys' social media stuff in the bio in the description for the show. So cool. Um, cool. Awesome. And I'll uh, what I'll do is I'll I'll stop this recording and say goodbye to you properly. But, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, uh, we will talk to everybody else next week. Have a good one. Bye. Why did we ever meet? Tell it to my face, no